Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Elevated Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Fouts, and today's episode is a special one. We have a guest speaker on today, which is Courtney Cranford. She's on Instagram as skin.bycourtney, and she's someone that I have been in contact with on Instagram for a while, you know, one of those Instagram SD besties. Um, But I just love her content, and I think she's a really kind person, and we're going to talk about some really relevant stuff today. So I'm uh, looking forward to get her insight on those things. We're going to be talking about opening up during COVID, people pleasing, and a couple other things. So if you're interested, as always, keep on listening. So here's Courtney. Um, hi, Courtney. <laughs> always, hi. I always feel so awkward starting them out a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So we chatted um, kind of like off mic for a little bit. So I obviously kind of already know the answers to some of these questions. But if you want to tell everybody like where you're currently at in aesthetics and kind of where you stand in the business. Yeah, so I have been an esthetician for over two years, almost three in May, which I'm super excited about. Um, But I am currently working as an esthetician in Colorado Springs, and I recently became a face reality acne expert, so that's like my whole personality right now, (laughs) something that I'm um, really proud of. So I do facials and I now do a lot of the face reality, um, acne boot camps. And then mm-hmm. I do a little bit of facial waxing and then, um, eyebrow or eyelash, uh, lifts and tents mostly. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Like face reality is something that I've been eyeing for a little while, but I kind of just never pushed the pedal on it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's for sure a commitment, and it's it's such a strict protocol. So if you also, as an esthetician, are more like fluid with your clients, and you know, and like have them trying different things and like mixing different lines and stuff, you can't do that with them. So it's yeah. it's a commitment on both sides for sure. So it's probably a good thing that I didn't because I'm very eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how like so many people have so good success with that so I'm glad that you're loving it yeah I do I really love it and I I've been using the the mandelic serum I think personally for my favorites for my personal face is the mandelic serum the eight percent which I love and then they have an uh, antioxidant peptide gel that's so beautiful uh, those are my top two favorites from them I feel like mandelic is such an underrated acid I do too. I I really love it. It has, and just even just my my texture, uh, especially on my cheeks, and I also. So I lost Courtney for a second. The call dropped. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so we can um go into you actually went to school during COVID, which had to be crazy, right? It was. It was uh, right when COVID first started. So it we per, things a lot of things changed during the course of when I was in school. Like as we found out more things about. COVID, so did you we enroll up. before it happened? Yes, I enrolled before, and then um, 
I guess, right, probably a couple months after COVID started, we started um, doing no community um, facials, so no treatments on anybody in the community. So oh. we were all doing it on each other. So we were, I was getting a facial like, like six days a week, pretty much. Yeah. Which was rough. On did my that, skin. I remember, yeah, did that wreck your barrier? Yeah, yeah. I, looking back now, our, our, our teacher tried to be like, okay, well, you did this yesterday. So today, why don't you just do a hydrating something oh, or do good. a back facial or she would try to preserve it the best she could, but we had hours that we had to get in, you know, so there was only so much preserving of the barrier. My barrier was wrecked. I wrecked my own barrier in school, like by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying everything. Let's not talk about the toothpaste on the pimples whenever I was a teenager. Like, Oh no, I'm so happy now. I know not to do that because I used to, I would be like, oh, I have a pimple coming. Great. No problem. I'll just put some toothpaste. For real. And I don't know where that came from, like, but it was everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And I think my mom, I mean, my mom probably was like, just put, put your toothpaste on there, girl. It'll just clear it right up. Yeah. It'll dry it out. Yeah. Or Noxema. Did you ever use Noxema? My grandma did. (laughs) 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 so I think that says something right Uh exactly yeah so so uh going to school during COVID so there was yeah we were doing facials on each other the pretty much the whole entire time and then if you knew someone and it was like a close family friend but they didn't live in your house then you could um then you could have them come in and do something on them but you had to know them personally they had to wear a mask and um you you could not live in the same house as them there was no covid testing or anything that we were doing like at that time but they were checking the temperature and doing all that but yeah yeah, it was wild times we we did a lot of stuff on each other a lot of practicing on each other and looking back now i feel like that was really good for us because we got so close and mm-hmm. and we would be honest with each other of like hey you should have you know done this differently or I feel like you pulled on my skin too hard or you know so many different things yeah good honest feedback uh-huh so um how did state boards go even then post-covid oh my gosh it was um I actually, I mean, I obviously I don't have anything to compare it to, but it was, there was only three of us in the room and we were six feet apart. And then there was the one tester and then one person doing the watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I took my, the computer, the, um, the written portion, there was also three of us in there with one proctor and that was it. And so I, I remember our teacher telling us like it used to be this huge room, you know, with all these people and like five people to a table which is that how it was whenever you did it um no it was like a room full of estheticians like when we did the physical part I think it was like maybe eight of us all next to each other like in a facial bed um for facial beds in a row and then we had like sit down this was back in 2014 and we had just like school desks um that we all sat down together and there was probably like four different instructors that were watching yeah so not yeah we didn't we didn't have that yeah but yeah that's crazy to think about because I I mean I I, like I said I don't have anything to compare it to but I would imagine Mm -hmm. they try to do more than 
have three people more than three people test at one time you know because if not like sometimes people were having to wait months and months to even get a reservation for to take their state boards oh and i know in arizona they weren't even doing state boards they didn't they were letting people just do the written oh, that and not do the practical <laughs> oh they were just not letting making them do it if i'm correct i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have wrecked me, though, if they were like, actually, you're going to have to wait six months. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you actually opened your business during COVID, too, right? Which I know a lot of people yeah. did because it just, like, gets people's creative juices running whenever there's nothing to do. And I know so many people have, like, started successful businesses during that. So Yeah, or even, even like, side hustles that they started during quarantine that they now just left their corporate job or they, like, totally changed their their career field, which I think is so beautiful. Like, I think COVID and our post-COVID world now changed so many things about the way we do things. And Absolutely. Like, even, you know, now people are full-time working at home and companies, like, don't even have a home office anymore or you'll go in once a week. And I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I went straight out of school to um, solo, which was scary. But I remember thinking, my teacher, she told us she really was hesitant about, there was a couple of us that wanted to go solo right out of school. And she was really hesitant about that. And she's like, we don't know what this is going to look like in a year, you know, for COVID and yeah, obviously it got way worse before it got better. But she said, you know, if you, especially if you're going to rent your own place, like what happens if we shut down again and then you have no income coming in and you physically can't work, you know, you have to think about that as a risk that you have to be willing to take. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't remember being that scared, mm-hmm. which I probably should have been. Sometimes <laughs> I'm a little impulsive and I, if I put my mind to it, I'm just going to do it. I am too. So, 15 days after I passed my um, exam, I signed a lease and moved into a, it's a hair salon, but they had a couple of rooms. There was a lash girl in there. There's a massage um, therapist in there now, but I rented a room and I opened my books and I was like, I'm doing this. So it was a little weird. We, I did the temperature thing. I, I wore a mask for any facial that I was going to be used. I didn't use steam, actually. We didn't use steam at all in school, and I didn't use it when I first started mm-hmm. because our teacher was telling us, like, don't use any steam, don't use any steam. So yeah, I did it for a while, and then I started again because, you know, if I had a COVID policy, you know, all the things. we You were doing all the things to just try to keep your business going, mm-hmm. and it 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 was going really well. And I was so proud of myself looking back now for taking that leap during COVID. Cause it would have been very easy to be like, okay, well I'll just wait until. Yeah. You're so bit. brave. It took me eight years to go solo, dude. Like, really? <laughs> yes. I was an employee for eight years. Yeah. Aren't you, aren't you so happy that you're solo or, or are you more stressed? Now no, it's so much more freeing. Like you are, you're lucky that you have not experienced the, the toxicity and like the restraints of that, which I mean, an employee is great for a lot of people, but for some people it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I have heard some horror stories and I think that too, in school hearing, like we would have estheticians that were solo come in and talk to us about, okay, well, if you work in this kind of setting, this is kind of what it looks like. If you work in this kind of setting, this is kind of what it looks like. If you go the med spa route, you know, just trying to give us a good, because we couldn't go tour anywhere because of COVID. So they would come to us. Yeah. 
so yeah I just remember thinking oh uh, I'm I'm not gonna do well in that kind of environment because I just don't I want to go to work and then I want to go home you know I don't want to deal with the the drama yeah I've I've known not a lot of people but a few people my mentor so if anybody's listening I act, I never met you. Obviously, we never met each other when we were in Colorado Springs. No. But I looked up like local estheticians. I don't know if you followed me first or I followed you. But because we were both estheticians in Colorado Springs, we followed each other. Yes. Which I think is really important to like connect with your local estheticians. And, like, me too. Create a community, which I mean, there's really not a community where I am here. So that kind of sucks. But I try to follow other estheticians in Arizona. Yeah. Are there a lot of them? Yeah, there are. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of, um, even, what is it, the Skin Club? I think okay. there are a few, like, maybe two hours away from me. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. the Skin Club podcast. But um, my mentor, when I was in Colorado Springs, she was um, Lashes by JoJo. And um, she's kind of, like, who inspired me to go solo. She was someone who went solo right out of school. Um and she was really successful. So I know there are a lot of people that are super brave and that do it like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it takes, it for sure takes some grit, you know, and that like hustle mentality. Cause for a while you do, you just have to grind it out. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then at some point, if all you're ever doing is grinding it out, then you have to reevaluate, I think, you know, and, and I think it's so easy, especially in the, the beauty service industry to get caught up in that hustle mentality and I'm trying to get away from that a little bit because that's just that's not sustainable you know so yeah it is it takes a special kind of person to just be like I'm doing it and I'm gonna figure it out for sure so like um whenever you did you know start up and start your business did you discover any obstacles that you like had to overcome or anything like that Oh gosh. So where, where do I start? <laughs> I think, I think the biggest one for me, and this kind of ties into the, the people that like former people pleasing person that I was, mm-hmm. I had, and I've only, this has only happened one time, but I had one person, um, that didn't like their service Yeah, and it happened. Yeah. And it was back when I was doing lashes and I don't do lashes anymore, but she, it just wasn't what she had envisioned her eyes were going to look like, but I took it so personally. It's and I hard just not to, cause that's your art. It, like literally, literally. And I, of course, like the person that I am, I'm doing this in service of other people. You know, I want you to be happy with what I'm doing for you. And I'm like, want, if you don't like it, because I was a makeup artist before I was an esthetician, I always told my brides or anybody I did their makeup. I'm like, if you don't like it, you're not going to hurt my feelings, but just don't leave here without letting me fix it. Like, I just want to make it be, I just want it to be what you wanted. So anyway, she didn't like it. And, and I refunded her, her full amount. I took them off and I was like, I'm so sorry. I can refer you to someone that I think can give you what you're looking for. But I just remember going home and for probably a week or two, I was so in my head about like, should I be doing this? Is, am I going to make it in this industry? Can I, can I even be a successful esthetician? Do I like kind of like imposter syndrome creeping in? Yeah. And so that was just really a battle with myself of like trusting. I have my education. I care about this so much. I'm so passionate about it. And all I can do is keep learning. So now I think that looking back now, obviously I, I love that that happened to me because no one's ever a hundred percent happy with something that you do all the time. You can't please everybody, but 
it was for sure a learning experience for me to kind of do some self-reflection but then also tell myself like hey get out of your own head it's mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal you gave her her money back you referred her to somebody I'm sure she got some lashes that she loves it's okay yeah like we have to it's a journey learning to take the criticism constructively like when people aren't being assholes about it um yeah. but like also I think 90% of estheticians roughly are very empathetic people or we wouldn't be in the hospitality industry Correct. Yeah, so, I agree. yeah, it's super hard for us to to not take things like that personally. Yeah, it is. And and oh, oh gosh, I don't do that anymore because you know I I have the clients. I'm really lucky with the clients that I have. They're super honest, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm very thorough. Of like, if 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 they're asking me for something or they want a result, that I'm like, okay, I don't know if this what you think you want is going to get you there normally they're very receptive to like, okay, well then let's do what you think is going to get me there. So mm-hmm. I, I have that confidence now, but I didn't, I didn't back then. And just like little baby esthetician Courtney, I just feel bad for her. <laughs> she did not have that confidence. Right. So like if that scenario came up like, like that now, um, how would you say like you would handle it? Would you, I don't know, I guess just be more clear with people up front to set their expectations? Yes. And I think, I think I, I now wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I can for sure do that. Like I know my parameters a lot better now. Obviously I don't do lashes anymore because mm-hmm. I was so obsessed with making sure that they were perfect, that I was wearing myself out and it was exhausting for me. So I was like, you know what? I would be better served to my clients to just send them to people that love doing lashes and love doing the mega volume and, you know, all of those ones that really give me a lot of anxiety. So now I probably wouldn't have even taken her on, but I just was like, okay, I'm brand new. I'm not going to say no to anything and I'm going to do the best that I possibly can and hopefully get her to where she wants to be. But, but I just couldn't and didn't and that's okay. I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of the times um, people have a hard time niching down because we can, within the scope of our practice, offer so many different things. But if we're not passionate about it or if we're not a master at that craft, then like you're doing a disservice to yourself and your clients by offering it. Yeah. Yep. And then someone has a bad experience and then they end up not ever getting that again, or even don't even want to get a facial anymore. So it kind of, it does more harm, I think, than good. And that's why I don't offer leg waxes or arm waxes because I totally despise them. And I do a shitty job at leg waxes, like truly. (laughs) I haven't done a leg wax since I was in esthetician school and I hope I never do one. I hate (laughs) it. I I don't know how people do it successfully. Me either. Me either. (laughs) Like, yeah, I've turned several people away. And at this point, I feel good about turning them away. I really do. Me too. Do. I'm like, I will not do that. But my my friend will. Here's her Instagram. She's yeah. taking the clients. Hit her up. And I think people appreciate that. I do too. So. Especially in this economy, you know, right now, people, their extra money, they don't want you to either not enjoy it and then you do a bad job or you're not very good at it, but you don't want to say no to them. Exactly. When just tell them. I'm not taking clients for that, but here's three different people that are. That's what I think is important is telling people no, but giving them that replacement, you know? So that's another reason why community in your community where you live is is really important too, having those relationships. Yes, I agree. And that's what I love so much about Colorado Springs because there was that big community there and there were so many people that I could use 
to refer out. Um, but here there's like one place, like one or two places. So I always preface it with like, I've never got a service done there, but I know they offer it. Okay, and so um, we wanted to also touch on skincare misinformation, especially on like social media. And I think you're a little bit more active on TikTok than I am. Oh, sorry, I bought my microphone. So if you want to talk about like what you notice and what you've experienced there. I just feel like I could go, if someone would give me a microphone, I could talk about this for, <laughs> for four hours. Get yourself a microphone. Of, Everybody has a podcast know. now. <laughs> um. Yeah, so my, okay, this is my biggest frustration. I'm going to pick one of my frustrations to talk about because I have so many. So I have so many clients and it happens to me more with the people that I grew up with and know from uh, growing up in Georgia, but I get a message from someone and it's a video of some influencer that, you know, they might have a couple hundred thousand or sometimes they even have a couple million and they're like, hey, they said that this changed their skin um, what do you think about it? And so I go click on the video and it, at the very bottom, at the smallest thing that you can, you can't even make out barely, it says hashtag ad. Mm -hmm. And so my, my response to them, and I, I also don't want to discredit, you can do an honest review and you can do an honest paid partnership. And I think those are really important. And I think that, that, those four online content creators are what help them pay their bills. And so I'm not discounting that. What I'm discounting is when they say, I've been using this for three months and I'm so obsessed with it. It changed my skin. If you have XYZ, it completely healed it. But then you look at the bottle that they're using and it looks like they haven't used any of it. So yeah. that's my biggest frustration is just don't say I've been using this for so long and it literally healed my skin. Just say, Hey, um, I'm sponsored by this. They're, they're paying me to bring this to my audience and I've been using it for a couple of weeks and I like it so far. Yeah. Or just be honest about what you're saying and don't take the partnership, obviously, if you don't like it. But, um, that's my biggest frustration is just every day there's a new skincare product that yeah. quote unquote changed someone's skin and then everybody rushes out to go buy it. And skincare is, if I've learned anything being an esthetician, the things that, that work for me haven't, those same things haven't worked for every single one of my clients. And then very different things work for the other 50% of my clients or even people that I do virtual consultations for. So skincare is so individualized. So I just wish on social media, especially TikTok, I feel like it's the most prevalent on TikTok every week. There's a serum that changes your life mm -hmm. or the, the using the dial bar soap was going for a while. Or I think I saw you talk about that one, but I didn't see it. I guess I have a different oh for you page, God. but <laughs> you, yeah, you weren't on my side of TikTok that day. I <laughs> no, so I'm on like, I'm on Jasper the doll TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> if that says anything about yeah. me. <laughs> Somehow I've gotten onto like influencer, um, I, I have a lot of dermatologists actually on my for you page that do the reaction videos and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you talking about? And there are a couple of those dermatologists that I really do like. I like Dr. Whitney Bow, and then I can't think of his name, but he is a dermatologist that does like Dr. Reacts and he is, um, Asian. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I love him. Yeah. He's, I feel like he's really genuine. But yeah, yeah talking about so. like being genuine and dishonest, there is so much dishonesty in this field because skincare and beauty is like a billion, multi-billion dollar industry. 
And yeah, I just hate the consumerism of it, but I think there's nothing that we can do about that, but just like educate our clients and our friends. Yeah, me too. And you know, I, I know that you probably know this from my page, but I'm just, I've never been this way because I didn't grow up this way. And, and even as an practicing esthetician, I have clients that sometimes come to me and they're like, Hey, I went to some so-and-so to get a facial and they told me that they wouldn't treat me if I wasn't able to buy the the line that they carry. And I just can't afford that, but I still want to take care of my skin. I'm never, ever going to tell you, no, I can't, I'm not going to treat you if you aren't willing to buy X, Y, Z. Obviously there's a time and a place. Like if we're working on something, you know, there's so many things that go into it, but I would never turn anybody away, especially in the way that inflation is going Mm -hmm. and the economy. And Mm -hmm. that kind of ties into what I'm saying about, the influencing people on TikTok, like these people are like, oh, this changed her skin and she's so beautiful. I'm going to go buy that. And then it doesn't work for them because they were paid to talk about something that they probably don't even use. So I just think it's, it's just ugly. And yeah, I, I just, I agree. It's selfish. We just, yeah. I just think that we do. You're right. We need to just educate people on, Hey, go to an esthetician and they can point you in the right direction. That might be Glymed that, you know, there's so many different professional lines that are tried and true that we know are going to something in the line is going to work for you that we're able to recommend. Mm-hmm. Sometimes still there's trial and error with estheticians and not the, the first thing might not work for you, but we can at least point you in the right direction to not just waste your money and you could buy one one product that we recommend for the same price that you can buy four of these serums that you're buying off of amazon from tiktok that aren't even gonna work for you because it's not what you need anything for you right yeah i actually what you said previously had that happen like a month ago someone came to me for microneedling uh consult and she was like i wanted to get it done at this place but they told me i had to buy everything from their skincare line in order to do it and I was like, uh, like, <laughs> I understand like making sure your client is prepped with a tyrosinase inhibitor and they have like an SPF that they're using religiously, but like, I would never make someone buy my entire line just for the sake of making a sale. I'm not saying that's what they did, but like, that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah. And, and there's also a time and a place, like there's a time and a place for, Hey, I can, like, you're telling me you don't use anything on your skin, but you want me to needle your entire, like, do you want me to do three rounds of needling? That's a hard no. (laughs) That, yeah, that's a different story, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be like, well, you, I'm not going to treat you at all unless you buy every product that I sell. Right. (laughs) That's just silly. Yeah. I don't like that. And I know you do a lot of, um, which I really appreciate that it's not who I am, but I really appreciate that I see some of your videos and you go to the drugstore and you're like, this is esthetician approved because people are going to go to the drugstore anyways. So at least, yeah, at least you're helping them out and then people will follow you and they will like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, be appreciative of your knowledge, the fact that you're offering that. Yeah. And I, that's something that I battled with because my, you know, obviously when you become an esthetician, you're like, okay, I see the studies. I see the, how it's formulated with the chemist and, you know, I understand it and I appreciate it. And I only use professional lines in my treatment room, but mm-hmm. I also, I also know that the busy mom of four, when she's out of her cleanser, 
who doesn't get facials regularly that might follow me or another esthetician or whatever, just to know, okay, this cleanser is really shitty, but this one's okay and will get me by until I'm in a better place where I can go and get a really good line to work on the things that I'm, they're going to buy it either way. So at least I can say, okay, this one's really, this one's going to do absolutely nothing for you, or it's going to wreck your barrier. If you're going to do it, let's, these are some options that are, gonna not hurt you more than they help you exactly I love that and I but I also do feel like there's a fine line because sometimes I do have clients that I might be waxing um and they're not doing skincare treatments for me but they'll ask me what do you think about this drugstore product or do you what drugstore products do you recommend I've had people fight to ask me that yeah and mm-hmm. I will tell them well I'm not familiar with drugstore products so I'm not going to recommend any Um, but I could recommend you some of my products, but if you do already have a specific one at home, I can let you know what I think about it, but I'm not going to blatantly like recommend you a whole drugstore line. Right, right, right. And I think, and I think there's power in, in that too, of they're if they're, if they're going to buy it anyway, then at least they know from an, from an esthetician that what I have at home, can you look at that and see, mm-hmm. because right now that's all I can afford, but I would love to do, cause then they're more likely to come hey, well, to I'm in a better place. I'm going to come do a consultation and get on a really good line for sure. Yeah. I love that. I like that channel that you do that. Well, I'm excited to see, I know we were chatting behind the scenes about like, what you're planning to do in the future. So I'm excited to see where you go from here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate you having me on. It, this is the, my first time doing a podcast. I hope I don't sound No, you're perfect. Nervous. Sometimes okay. I sound like a complete dork and I'm like, what the f- am I even talking about? <laughs> like people are going to think I'm stupid. <laughs> no, yeah, you did great. I, I listen to your podcast all the time. I love it. I think that this is so important um, for you to have other people in the industry on that you can talk to. And, and also just non-estheticians and non-people in the beauty industry can listen to and learn something thing and I think that that's really important and powerful thank you I really appreciate that yeah well I'll chat to you off air um everybody thank you so much for listening and um yeah as always I will see you next Monday at a.m mountain standard time for another episode